The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at calm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877 877- 207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call and we can talk. And, uh, if you're so inclined, you can also email me. All you got to do is uh, just email me at info at carm.org. Info at carm.org. And, uh, just put in there the subject radio question or radio comment. Put the word radio in there and it'll help out. And, uh, oh, I can open this up. Man, I'm telling you, uh, this, you know, I, I've been working really hard, really hard. Man, I work a lot. And um, so I, I'm doing one-minute video stuff. I'm getting stuff ready. And what do I find out that I, that, right? I'm going, okay, we're ready. There's a slight hum. Oh, man, I tried different, different. I'm, I'm saying this because maybe somebody out there knows a, a device. Okay, I'm going to see what it is. And if you know, you, you can help me out. But um, so I have my really nice computer. And uh, I've got a Sennheiser microphone, and it doesn't want to amp it up enough. I have to use a lapel mic, and it's pretty, you know, a better one. And um, I tried different microphones, and it's got a little bit of a hum. I can't figure it out. So I figure there's got to be a device that you put in line of the microphone setup that uh, reduces the um, the hum. If any of you out there know what that is, you audio guys. And uh, if not, I'm going to have to learn how to do a post-production something in my video editing program so that I can remove the hum there. But, you know, so much to do. So much to do. All right. Okay. Hey, look, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. All right. And let's get to Rudolph from Raleigh, North Carolina. Rudolph, welcome. You're on the air. Yes, sir. Um, um, my question is, can Christians change this type of day? Change they need. What do you mean? Can they change it? Well, there's a yes and no. Yeah, can you move it around if you need, like, you know, because most people do their steps on Sunday. Well, can you- there's a yes and no. The Sabbath is uh, automatically, by definition, on Saturday. And that's just how it is. But the Lord's Day is Sunday, and that's when we do church, is on the Lord's Day, the day of his resurrection. But what if you have uh, some people on a boat, and uh, the boat uh, sinks, and they're in a, a lifeboat for a few weeks? They've completely forgot what day it is. They, they land on an island, and they're all Christians, and they want to have a Sabbath day. What if they accidentally choose Tuesday instead of the real day? Can they change it? In that sense, yeah, but it's not really a change of it. They just get the day wrong. But no, we can't uh, We can't change it officially and say the Sabbath is Sunday, the Sabbath is Saturday. But we worship on the Lord's Day, which is what they did in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 16.2. Uh, they worshiped on uh, on the first day of the week, which is Saturday. I mean, <laughs> what's going to be, which is Sunday, okay? So, on the first day of every week, uh, each one of you is put aside and save as he may proper, and no collections be made when I come. And uh, 
So there's other stuff like that. And Acts 20, verse 7, on the first day of the week when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began to talk to them intending to leave the next day and prolonged his message until midnight. So it looks like his preaching and teaching, gathering tithes and stuff like that is done on Sundays. Okay? Okay. The reason why I was asking that is because of the comment that Paul said that let no man hold you to a Sabbath day holiday or, you know, things like that. So right. if he was saying that, it seems like we could change it if we needed it to. That what? I say, you know, by him saying that, it seems like we could change it to whenever we need it. Well, when we can't. Not really. I mean, we want to, you know, keep it the Lord's Day, a Sunday, which is a good day. But, you know, what if you work on Sundays and you want to have a Sabbath rest on Tuesday or Wednesday? That's fine. We're not to be legalistic about it, but the church just generally gathers on Sunday. And you were quoting right. uh, Colossians 2.16 earlier. I'm sorry, what? Yes, I know. I'm saying that's, that's what you just said right there was what I was thinking. Because some, I used to work up. My shift was, I was off on some Sundays, and the next week I was I had to work. So uh, it would have been, you know, I could have moved my Sabbath to Monday when I was off. But the week four, I was, you know, I was at, I was off that week. But the week I, I got changes to Monday. That's why I was asking that. Okay. Because my work day changed. Well, that that's just one of the things. And I've I've talked to people who work on Sundays, and I say, well, then pick a day of the week where it's you know it's a kind of a rest day specifically. And if you can't go to church, uh, you know, on that day, uh, then you know you just do the best you can. So sometimes people would have Tuesdays and Wednesdays off, and they would go to a Bible study, and that would be their fellowship. Um, and occasionally they get a Sunday off, they go to church, take communion. But you know, we gotta just work around stuff like that. It's it's doable. Okay. 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 Well, yes, sir. I'll call you back um, to tomorrow because I got another question for you. But I ask you tomorrow. All right. Thank you very much. Sounds good, brother. All right, <laughs> Rudolph. Yes, God sir. God bless. Bye bye. Goodbye. Thanks, well. All right. Hey, we've got nobody waiting. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. I'm smiling because I was just talking to a friend uh, in a rep report on the radio, I mean, on the phone just a few minutes before the show. We got to talk. He likes to insult me, you know, all friendly insult stuff. We do that with each other. And uh, and we came back to, I have the voice for radio. My wife has the, the she's good looking. She has the face. She's so, uh, I have a face for radio apparently also. So that's what uh, we're joking about and having fun. Ooh, okay. Hey, look, we got nobody waiting. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 8772-072276. I released a new article today and I want to convert it, not convert it, but I want to put it into, um, into a video, uh, audio, video, audio. This is what I've been working on all day just to get this ready. There's always something that stops it, that makes it difficult. Um, but I, w- I wrote an article, uh, How Will Jesus Return? And I wrote it uh, yesterday. I think I published it today, finally. Uh, and he's going to return the same way that he left. And uh, I'm going to, you know, I want to put that to audio and do a video where we kind of look at it, go over it, a little commentary as I'm reading through it. And we're going to start doing that more. 
There's just so much to do. There is so much. I'm smiling. I'm smiling. But man, there's a lot to do. So, you know, if you would, I would love it if you were to pray for uh, my stamina and mental acuity. Now, here's the problem. I mean, I'll, I'll be 67 in a couple of months. And uh, you know what? I just can't help it. I mean, I'm not that uh, that young whippersnapper in my 20s. You know, do all this stuff, you know. But, uh, and that reminds me. Guess what? Tomorrow, on the 25th of October, CARM, the website, will be 28 years old tomorrow. So how about that? So you know what? Tomorrow, which is a Wednesday, if you are out there listening and you want to uh, call up on the radio show and say, yeah, I love CARM, and this is why, you know, uh, or I hate CARM, <laughs> then tell me why. I would like that. So that'll be tomorrow. I'm going to put the newsletter out today. I'm going to mention that uh, tomorrow is the 28th anniversary. 28 years. 28 years I've been working on that website. Can you believe that? Started back in 1995. Wow, that's a long time. Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, 28 years of CARM on uh, 1025. That's right. So uh, how about that? And congratulations. Yeah, you know, take a bow and, uh, and applause and all that kind of stuff. So praise God. 28 years. I'm looking forward to 30, you know, when CARM is 30 years old. I want to do a shindig. It'd be nice. We did one for the 20th. We We had a... A really nice uh, uh, gathering about, I don't know, Charlie, how many would be with 150 people there? 150 to 200 people came in, flew in, and we set it up months in advance. My wife did a fantastic job arranging everything. She really did. And uh, she uh, just put a lot of stuff together, found a place, all this stuff. She, just, she was great. And uh, then I got roasted. And we got to find that video where uh, a guy named Ryan imitated me. And... Uh, Charlie's laughing. See, I can see him on camera you know, off screen, but it was such a good roast. It was so good that people actually looked at me like, is, is Matt going to get mad? <laughs> because they told me this. They said, if we tell you, you get upset about some stuff. I go, are you kidding? It was awesome. I was laughing. And uh, all the stuff that drives me crazy. And, in fact, Ryan, he knows me pretty well. And he did all the stuff even I didn't think of, idiosyncratic. And it went on for, what, 10 minutes, I guess? And... Uh, he just mocked me and roasted me, and it was awesome. We've got it on film someplace. I have got to find that because it was—it's worth a Academy Award. It is. It is that good. So we had a great time, and uh, so maybe we'll do something else on the the 30th. Uh, that'd be two years from now. So if we're still around and the economy hasn't crashed completely in 2025, that'll be 20. That'll be 30 years. All right. Hey, if you want to give me a call. Three open lines, 877-207-2276. And let me go through some of the, uh, let's see, some of the questions and things like that. And Atheist told me today that the trees are talking in Judges chapter 9, are they? Let me go to that. Uh, Judges 9, 7. Let's see what it says. Judges 9, Seven. Let me try to lift it of his voice. The trees went forth to anoint a king over him. They said to the olive tree, reign over us. It's just poetry. But the olive tree said to them, Shall I leave, leave my fatness with God? 
Yeah, it, and the tree said of the fig tree, you come over here. Yeah, it's just poetry and, uh, you know, hyperbole and exaggeration. That's all that's going on. They're not really teaching that trees actually talk. That's not what's happening. All right, let's get to Bill from North Carolina. Bill, welcome. You are on the air. Thank you for talking sure. to me. Sure. Uh, thank you. And I'd like to know how was the, the events in the Middle East. Uh, I think a filling prophecy because Turkey uh, oh. seemed like they wanted to get involved. That's an army of the North and Iran. And, of course, the U.S. and Israel. So I just wonder if that's a filling prophecy in any way. Well, I don't really think it's going to be much more than uh, than Hamas getting their rears handed to them, and then it'll calm down. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't look at this as being something that's going to be eschatological and bringing the Antichrist. Now, I could be wrong. It's going to certainly happen. So I just went to foxnews.com, and it says Americans under fire. U.S. troops attacked repeatedly in Middle East as war between Israel and Hamas escalates. So this is, you know, October 24th with podcasters and stuff. But... Uh, so if they start attacking the United States and warships and other countries do, then it will escalate, and then we're going to have a, a major problem. But even though we have a, um, an unqualified president, uh, guy up in that office, countries know, still don't mess with us. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages. Okay, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. And if you want to give me a call, I think we've got two open lines, but I'm not sure. Or uh, does it look like they both dropped off? Um, I'm not sure what happened. So if you guys want to give me a call back, 877-207-2276. We had uh, two couple callers, and during the break, they kind of went dead. So... Uh, and one of them wanted to talk about the Book of Mormon, which I was ready to do. And the other one was talking about what's happening in the Middle East. So I was looking at that headline uh, more quickly, a little bit more uh, in depth. And it looks like what's going on is um, that overall, uh, 33 Americans have been killed in uh, Israel-Hamas war. Yeah, and uh, American troops attacked repeatedly in the Middle East uh, during this time, not just in, in Israel or out there in the water, out there at Hamas issue. Uh, so it's been in different places. So yeah, it, it's uh, you know it, it's there. It's something we got to be careful of. And is it a sign of the end times? Well, it is. It's a sign of the end times because more and more people will become upset with Israel, and we don't know what kind of a spark will introduce the the final war or the final season of wars. Uh, before the Lord returns, we don't know how that's going to be. So um, anyway, just can't uh, can't tell you beyond that. But hey, look, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. And uh, what I want to do is because of the question uh, that was uh, someone's ready to ask, and then they we lost them, which is kind of confusing to me. But at any rate is uh, comparing the, the Book of Mormon to the Bible. So that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to compare the uh, the Book of Mormon to the Bible. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. And 
Let's see if we can get a better thing here. I know what we'll do. And so, and this is what I'm going to do. I am going to, I should have, yeah, there we go. Here's the, uh, the I have an article called, uh, let's see, Problems with the Book of Mormon. All right, so here's some of the problems with the Book of Mormon compared to the Bible. All right, uh, so it says, uh, it says in, uh, that's right, yeah, so it says in Second Nephi 2.25, for example, Adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have joy. Uh, Adam fell that men might be? Wow. Uh, so then they're praising sin. It's, uh, it, it's really bad. In Alma 7.10, And behold, he shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem. And that was wrong. Jesus was uh, born at Bethlehem. And so... Alma 7.10 in the uh, Book of Mormon contradicts uh, the Bible. In Mosiah, Mosiah, excuse me, 9.16, and it came to pass uh, that I did arm them with bows and with arrows, with swords, and with scimitars, and with clubs and with slings. Uh, scimitars are uh, curved swords. They didn't exist until the 500s. And so it's supposed to be here in the Book of Mormon, which was written, supposedly translated from way before then. Scimitars were not there at that time, and so that's a, they blew it there. So uh, the Book of Mormon is supposed to exist in uh, the Americas, all right? And they also had horses. This is ether. It's a really gas uh, kind of a book. So ether, uh, 9.19, they also had horses and asses, and there were elephants and curulomes and cumums, all of which were useful unto men, and more especially the elephants and curulomes and cumums. Well, we don't know what the curlooms and cumums are, uh, but elephants we do know, and no, they weren't around on the Americas at that time. Another mistake in the Book of Mormon. Here's Ether 2.3. And also, uh, they did also carry with them Deseret, which by interpretation is a honeybee, and thus they did carry them with the swarms of bees and all the manner. Honeybees were introduced uh, to America by the Spanish hundreds of years, a thousand years after the Book of Mormon was written. So, uh, I mean, uh, Joseph Smith didn't know that when he was making up the Book of Mormon, trying to sound spiritual. Uh, Alma 34, 36, and this I know, because the Lord hath said he dwelleth not in unholy temples, but in the hearts of the righteous doth he dwell. Hmm. Uh, the idea that the Father and Son dwell in a man's heart is an old sectarian notion and is false. That's what uh, Alma 36, uh, 3436 says. Oh, oh, excuse me. Hold on, hold on. I got to correct that. It says in uh, Alma 3436, it says, The Lord said he dwells not in unholy temples, but in the hearts of the righteous does he dwell. And DNC 130, verse 3 says, The idea that the Father and Son dwell in a man's heart is an old sectarian notion and is false. So the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants contradict each other. How about this? First Nephi 18.25, it says this, um, And it came to pass that we did find upon the land of promise as we journeyed in the wilderness that there were beasts in the forests of every kind, both cow, me, yeah, both cow and the ox and the ass and the horse and the goat and the wild goat and all manner of wild animals. Um, well, the horse did not exist in America until the 16th century. 
And the Book of Mormon at this point was written in you know, 589, 590 BC. And uh, so it was about a thousand years later that the horse was introduced. Well, uh, Joseph Smith didn't know that. And he just wrote this in the Book of Mormon. This is proof that he made the Book of Mormon up. He's just trying to sound spiritual. And uh, he, he took a lot of this from, uh, this is what I believe, is from the Solomon Spalding Manuscript, a Presbyterian ministry, minister who wrote uh, a large manuscript. And it was in the same area and place and time and publishing house that Joseph Smith had access to. This is well documented. And uh, people who knew Solomon Spalding's writing, when they read the Book of Mormon, they go, hey, that's what he said in there. So this is what the eyewitnesses said. Um, Joseph Smith, I'm sorry, folks, if you're listening to this, but he made it up. And the, the Book of Mormon has been um, polished, changed, uh, a little over 4,000 times. It's been altered severely in many places. And the Mormon Church has just simply polished itself and buried its um, its problems. Uh, just buried it. Okay. And here's the clever thing. Okay. Pray about the Book of Mormon to see if you if it's true. You know, they go to James one five. You know, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So he's talking to people who are already believers, and to ask of wisdom is not to pray about the truth of a book. They never prayed about the truth of the Bible. The Bible was understood to be true because it's the Word of God. You don't pray to verify God's Word. That's submitting God's Word to your to your testimony, to your ability. God doesn't submit Himself to you, and so it's a ploy of the enemy of the gospel to say pray about something to see if it's true because it's exactly what you're not supposed to do you're supposed to look into the scriptures to see if something is true God has conserved his word and the uh, 8th article of the Mormon church says the Bible is correct insofar as it's correctly translated so uh, the problem is that uh, just like the devil uh, talking to Eve in the garden of, of, uh, of Eden garden, said um, did God really say you go to Genesis 3, 1 through 7 and read that. Did God really say it? The first thing he did was couch that on God's word. So that's what the Mormon church does. Well, the Bible's pretty good, but it's got its problems. We have the Book of Mormon. Pray about it to see if it's true. And all of that is what you're not supposed to do and believe. And the Mormons do that. They get a testimony, all right, from a demonic source because they entered into this with sinful intentions because they're not honoring the true God and his word but something other than that hey we'll be right back after these messages please give me a call as a veteran you get a lot of advice but wisdom's harder to come by a lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders the truth is, if you can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. You've got support. You can't control the chaos, but you can chart your way through it. Steady yourself. Take a breath. You're not alone. Learn more at maketheconnection.net. Through the good and the bad and the ugly, I can still see the sun shine above me. 
Lord, I love all the ways that you love me. You're the good, you're the good, you're the goodness. Truth Network wants to inspire all people to experience the truth through sound Bible teaching and Christian talk. Is Jesus missing in your life? Discover the goodness today. You are, you are. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. People are calling, and it looks like they're hanging up or something is happening. What I'm going to do is go back on to the Book of Mormon problems and uh, get to some more of those so that you guys can enjoy. All right, so uh, we know that the horse was not there at that time, and um, that's really unfortunate because the Book of Mormon is simply false. It is not true. Okay, the Book of Mormon is not true. All right, so let's try this one. I already went to that. Um, this is First uh, Nephi four nine, and I beheld his sword, and I drew it forth from the sheath thereof, and hilt thereof was of pure gold, and the workmanship thereof was exceedingly fine, and I saw that the blade thereof was the most precious steel. Uh, the Jews didn't have steel in uh, in that time. It wasn't invented then. So, you know, it's just it's two things. You know, when I read stuff like this, this is this is my opinion, and it's subjective, of course, but when I read, like, like what he says here, when I, 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 it sounds fake. The Book of Mormon sounds fake to me. Whenever I read it, I'm instantly reminded it sounds fake. And I beheld his sword, and I drew it forth from the sheath thereof, and hilt thereof was a pure gold, and the workmanship thereof was exceedingly fine. I saw that the blade thereof was the most precious steel. It's not how the writers of the Bible would talk. And they didn't say, and it came to pass, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. These are the kind of things you do for fillers when you're trying to sound uh, spiritual. And it, to me, it's just, I know this is subjective, but to me it just sounds so fake. It does. So, uh, of course, uh, another problem in the Book of Mormon is Second Nephi twenty-five twenty-three, which teaches salvation by works. And I've gone over that so many times, it does not. Here's a, here's a problem in Alma four verse six, and it came to pass in the eighth year of the reign of the judges that the people of the church began to wax proud because of their exceeding riches and their fine silks and their fine twined linen and because of their many flocks and herds etc the jews didn't have silk at that time which was roughly 86 83 bc according to the book of mormon and stuff like that it was silk wasn't around there didn't have it see little things like this they show you repeatedly that he made this up because horses and honeybees and they you know, had elephants in america at that time uh, silk, they had all this stuff. He just, you know, I'll just put in the stories. And he didn't realize that when the Book of Mormon was set 1,500 years earlier than that, uh, to, you know, they didn't have those things. And he's putting it in there. This is one of the signs that uh, it's false. Hey, I got a question for, uh, for the Mormons, uh, if you're listening. Um, have you walked keeping yourselves uh, blameless before God? Could ye say, if you were called to die at this time within yourselves, that ye have been sufficiently humble? That your garments have been cleansed and made white through the blood of Christ, who will come to redeem his people from their sins? So, uh, are you sufficiently humble? 
And what are you going to say? Yes, I'm, I'm sufficiently humble. How about you, Bob? Are you sufficiently humble? Uh, almost. I'm almost there. Well, I'm there. I can tell you how to get there. What are you going to say if it's sufficiently humble? Wow. Um, and he said unto me, this is uh, 1 Nephi 14.10. Um, oh, that was the, the humble one was Alma 5.27, just to make sure. This is uh, 1 Nephi 14.10. And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only. The one is a church of the Lamb of God, and the other is a church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God belongeth to that great church which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. First Nephi 14.10. All right, Mormons, if you're listening out down there in Salt Lake City or anywhere else. So what church are you in? You're in the church of the Lamb of God? Well, okay. Does that then mean that since I'm not a Mormon and I reject Mormonism that I'm in the church of the devil? Is that what it means? Because that's what they're saying. Now, doesn't that mean then that the Mormons are the ones who are attacking other churches? Remember, Joseph Smith said that God told him that all churches were false and to join none of them, which he did later, but to join none of them and uh, he started his own. Okay? So, here's the question I have in my notes here on this. If the non-Mormon church is the church of Satan, why is the Mormon church trying to appear like that church? You think about that. Because they, um, they are appearing, trying to appear more and more Christian. Trying to uh, appear more and more, you know, like uh, promoting Jesus and... Um, trying to sound more evangelical and before the Mormons used to pride themselves in their distinctions but now they're trying to appear more and more uh, like the the church of the devil in their appearance and their sound and stuff like that that's a problem don't you think it's a problem I think it's a problem hey by the way since we're talking about the Book of Mormon did you know that the Book of Mormon says there's only one God that's Mosiah 15 1 Alma 11.28 There's only one God. That's what it says. And Mormonism teaches there's many gods. Or how about this? The Trinity is one God. That's Alma 11.44 Mosea 15.5 It says the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit which is one God. That's what it says. Now in Mormonism the Trinity is three separate gods. Okay, it's a problem. It says in uh, the Book of Mormon and Mormon 9.9 and uh, nine, in verse 19, that God is, God is unchanging. He's unchanging. Yet, Joseph Smith said, Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 120, God is increasing in knowledge. Ooh. And it says in Alma 1824, God is spirit. Yet, Joseph Smith said that God's in the form of man. And uh, jo Jacob of 311 and 610 says there's eternal hell. James Talmadge, Articles of Faith, page 55, hell is not eternal. Polygamy is condemned in the Book of Mormon. Jacob 115, 223. Uh, Mosiah 11.2, Ether 10.5. And yet uh, uh, polygamy was taught and practiced by Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, and of course Joseph Smith and others. So uh, that's the thing, you know, that's, uh, that's what's going on here. And uh, how do you Come on, how do you trust the Book of Mormon? 
if you're a Mormon, maybe you can call me up and tell me. You know, if you have a testimony, you know, I can say what your testimony is. And I'd be willing to talk to you about that. But seriously, how is it that you have uh, faith and confidence in the Book of Mormon, which, incidentally, has been changed immensely. It has been changed so much since it was first penned. And I have a lot of documentation on it uh, and how uh, it teaches, for example. Well, put it this way. The Book of Mormon does not teach or mention church organization, but yet the uh, Mormon church has that. It does not teach plurality of gods. It does not teach the plurality of wives. It does not teach the word of wisdom. It does not teach that God is an exalted man. It does not teach celestial marriage. It does not teach that men may become gods. It does not teach three degrees of glory. It does not teach baptism for the dead. It does not teach eternal progression. It does not teach the Aaronic priesthood. It does not teach temple works of washings, anointing, endowments, and sealing. But yet, Joseph Smith said in History of the Church, uh, Volume 4, page 461, he said that the Book of Mormon was the most correct book of any book on earth, and that's including the Bible, and that a man could get closer to God by following it than by any other book. Well, aren't those things? Uh, eternal progression, ironic priesthood, baptism for the dead, three degrees of glory, word of wisdom, etc. Aren't these things all part of the essential doctrines of the Mormon Church that you need in order to get close to God? And yet, and yet, um, they don't contain those things in the Book of Mormon, which is supposed to be the most correct book. In fact, the Book of Mormon contradicts Mormonism. So I know there's a lot of Mormons listening, and I know that they do that, and uh, I'm not mocking. I'm not looking down at you. I want you to understand that this is a serious thing, that the Book of Mormon is not true, and the LDS Church is not the true church, any more than the Roman Catholic Church is the true church. And you have to understand that the Book of Mormon has been altered. So has the Doctrine and Covenants. It's been altered severely. But they don't teach you that. They don't inform you about these things. They want you to trust your feelings. And how do you feel about this? You're going to find that a lot among Mormons. What do you feel? I have a testimony, and you testimony, son, that you get up. Bear your testimony, the truth of the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith. The Holy Spirit bears witness of Christ, not of a book, not of Joseph Smith, not of some prophet, of Jesus. And you are responsible for believing that truth in him, in uh, Jesus, and who he is. And if you don't, on a day of judgment, you're going to face that judgment. It's going to be bad for you. We'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's get to Ed from Charlotte, North Carolina. Ed, welcome. You're on the air. Yes. Thank you, Matt, for taking my call. Just wanted to get your sure. thoughts on what's going on in, in the world as far as the Middle East. And uh, are we any closer to the end times? Well, we're always closer. Closer and closer every day. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, is that a significant uh, draw and close? I, I wouldn't say so yet. I, I mean, you know, it could be. and I could be wrong, but I just don't see it as being that critical yet. So um, we're getting close, you know, and uh, yeah, 
and I think what's going to happen okay. is Israel in a while is going to just is going to say we're, we've done our job in Gaza and they're done and then Hamas is you know they'll know don't do that again and because uh, Israel look what Israel's doing destroying them so yeah yeah okay well I'll be talking to you more I think it's pretty close it's yeah I, I it's closer and uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens maybe in a week I'll be going whoo wait we're close now who knows but people have been yeah, saying that for a long time yeah yeah I going. know that yeah yeah all right but we're getting closer you. all right yeah, brother okay God all bless right. all right hey let's get to Marcy from Utah Marcy welcome you are on the air hey Matt thanks for taking my call sure Okay, I had a question for you yesterday. I think it was yesterday. You were chatting with a gal, <clears throat> and she used the word claim. She wanted to claim yeah. a verse over her life, yeah. and you really honed in on that. And so I was curious if you just expand on what you don't like about that. I was, I've been mulling it, and I okay. was thinking, I mean, I claim salvation, right? Or I yeah, claim yeah. peace in the middle of chaos, yeah. right? Trust in Christ. So, t- so tell me what you heard in, in her speech. Yeah. We talked about it, she and I, and, uh, you know, she understood. It's because of what I do for a living that I was like, what? What was that? That phrase. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a little sensitive to that than the average bear, you know, because the positive confessionist will say, I claim the promise of God and he owes me this because I'm claiming it. It's that kind of attitude. Mm. And she didn't have that attitude. And she was thinking, I claim this for myself. And she's just saying, can I really... Can just put trust and faith in what he's saying right there, not in a manipulative way. Mm. And that's what she was intending. And I go, eh, that's right, good. And so that's uh, why I focused on that, because it's a phrase used of uh, false teachers, by false teachers. But good, she was okay. you know. <clears throat> good, okay. Uh, I, I did actually hear the rest of your conversation. I forgot that you cleared it up that way. That makes sense. Okay, okay if you have time, I have just one more sure. question about your conversation you're having with about the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. How do you refute, I'm pretty sure Mormons would say that our Bible has changed a lot over the years because we have different versions and things like that. So what do you use when you say, mm-hmm. hey, you guys have changed a lot, and they come back with that and say, well, look at your versions. Yeah. What I do is, so if I have the books in my hand, and I have them here at the house, but I have the 3,913 changes in the Book of Mormon, and I have the Greek New Testament. In, in you know the Greek, okay. and it has in the New Testament, it mm-hmm. has the textual apparatus. And that what that means is, of the thousands, thousands, like six thousand uh, fragments and copies and things of the Greek New Testament that are spread all over the Mediterranean area, which took two, three, four hundred years to produce, and are varying copies and varying levels. And I, and it has all of those listed in that book at the bottom and I've showed it to morning missionaries for mm-hmm. example and I'll say look here you know we'll go to John 316 or something like that and I'll say look see this right here and uh, this is what's called a variant and like you know it might be like, like the word the in Greek is the single letter O ha it's pronounced ha and it has a rough breathing mark you know so and you know one letter could flake off uh, by you know, just age of a document or a copyist could sure. be tired and just miss that O because the next word might start with an O or an Omicron in Greek and he might miss it. This can happen. Mm. All right. So if it happens like that, then they, that's one variant. But what if a cop, you know, five copies are made of that one and it copies that error? Is it one variant or is it now five of those plus that one original variant? Now we have six. 
Mm-hmm. So one is accurate and six is accurate, just depending on how you're counting them. So the the New Testament has variants like that. What, I'll explain it to the Mormons. I've done this so many times. It's really destroyed their testimonies when I've shown them. I said, look, see this in the New Testament. You don't have to read Greek. I, I'll read it to them for you know ten seconds. This is what it sounds like. You know, I'll read it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I'll show now. This is a variant. See right here. Here's this one verse. Look, there's one variant right there. And I say, see the. I show them how to look at it. Okay, great. And I say, so the Bible, the New Testament's two thousand years old, and the Book of Mormon's two hundred years old, right? So the Bible is, or New Testament's ten times older than the Book of Mormon. So the Book of Mormon should hardly have any alterations or changes in it, right? And they go, of course not. That's right. I open up the book, 3,913 changes in the Book of Mormon. I start fanning through it, and I say to them, say, stop. <laughs> and they say, stop. And I stop, and I just turn it around. But I've been looking. I just show it to them. And I've done this so many times, and every single time except for one, just once, uh, in all the years I've done it, the Book of Mormon has always had a lot more um, alterations and uh, variants than mm. the New Testament. Just once, I have to be honest, just once, and it was I think it was by one less, yeah. and, and um, so I, and I've shown this to, to Mormons, and I just they just fan through it, and I say, and you trust the Book of Mormon? Mm. Look how much it's been altered. And they don't know what to do. They've never seen yeah. anything like it. And it was done by um, Sandra Tanner, and I know Sandra, and she told told me that she did this with her husband Gerald by getting an original Book of Mormon they had. Original first printing, hmm. and then they compared it with it was a nineteen sixty four seven eight I don't know what it was, somebody said two I don't know, uh, Book of Mormon which is the most correct book at that time most up to date and they read every word through the entire book and marked the changes. Wow! And the, and she told me and that wasn't even all of them. Hmm. What's that book called again? The three thousand nine hundred thirteen changes in the Book of Mormon, and <laughs> okay. it's. It's yeah, three thousand nine hundred thirteen, and so uh, I have uh, I have a copy of it. I've given a couple of them away, and Sandra's ministry utlm dot org Utah Lighthouse Ministry dot org is uh, is is basically defunct now, and the yeah. the bookstore was across from the uh, the baseball stadium, so I don't know where to pick it up. Uh, but if anybody has any of hmm. these, if you find them in bookstores or uh, secondhand stores, just pick it up. And uh, I'd even buy them off you, you know, uh, so I can give them away yeah. to people. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's very valuable. Okay. It, yeah. it, it does. It, yeah, it, that's good. All right, I'll look for that. Well, thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. Well, God bless. All right. <laughs> you too. Okay. All right, now let's get on with Clay from North Carolina. Clay, welcome. You're on the air. Brother Matt, God bless you, man. Long time no talk to. <laughs> well, praise God, buddy. What do you got, man? Um, yeah, I have an interesting question. I mean, you know, I, I always listen to Truth Radio, and I always get a kick out of certain things that you say and share, especially when you get into the hate mail. But I feel it should be love mail because – you're in a way loving what you're hating, you know, what people hate or <laughs> you're saying. Um, yeah. But, you know, you're, it's interesting that you're getting on this uh, trail of talking about the Book of Mormon. I have a bit of a question for you. Um, you know, the movie Jesus Revolution came out uh, earlier in the year this year. I got to watch the movie 
the premiere uh, last year, and then I went to see it three times. I'm really, really give thanks to the Lord for the people that mm-hmm. did this. Now, from what I understand, um, you ever heard of the uh, the uh, series that's uh, being talked about, The Chosen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand that the, that the Mormon people are, in a way, involved in this. I have never seen it. Um, I have never seen this series because uh, of what you have been sharing because of the, in a way, involvement of the Mormon uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just wondering, what is your overall thought about the, uh, the, the series, The Chosen? Um, I've, I've listened to some people uh, and some of them were saying it's, you know, it's it's not worth, I mean, even though that uh, there's quite a bit proclaimed about Jesus, um, but I'm just wondering what your overall thoughts are about this, because, um, I mean, I truly believe, you know, just to hear you say and share about, you know, um, you're not supposed to change God's word, but apparently, you know, the times, the 3,913 times, apparently it's got you know, changed over and over again, but you, you know, we're not supposed to do that, but apparently people have done it. Um, so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about that. Uh, about chosen thing. Which one? Now you're talking about the book of Mormon and the chosen. So, okay. Um, so, um, I understand. I'm, when I Googled the movie, the chosen, I understood yeah. that like the, uh, the Mormons were in a way involved and some other things were involved as well. So, um, well, okay. what are your thoughts about that? Well, uh, it, it, the reason they're using uh, some, they're associated with the Mormons a little bit is because they're using the facility, for I understand, that built by the Mormons in order to do their filming. And now, Mormonism, of course, is non-Christian and teaches a, a false gospel, a false god, false Christ. So it's ultimately Antichrist, even though they think they're believing the true God, they're not. So what do you do? Yes, sir. Uh, it's it's a tough one. Um, what if an atheist owned that place? Would it be okay for them to rent it from an atheist? Me, I'd say, yeah. If if it's going to arrive at the truth of preaching the gospel. So I'm going to read you something out of Philippians 1, starting at verse 15. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice. So what Paul says is there are people with bad motives who are seeking to injure him by preaching the gospel. I don't get all the context, but he says, praise God, Christ is being preached. Because of that, that's Philippians 1, 18, 15 through 18 I read, but but the focus is verse 18. Then I'm for the the chosen. I, I think I'd rather it be there. I'd rather that they rented it from the Mormons than not. I'd rather that they have a good set and that they are uh, presenting Christ biblically as long as they don't put Mormonism in it. And so far I've not seen them do that. There was a phrase that Christ is the law, which is a Mormon-connected phrase, but it doesn't mean they got it from Mormons. And uh, 
it could be just he just said that it's just dialogue that someone could be writing and I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater but I would much rather that Christ be preached and proclaimed through that than not and um, so I've seen every episode of The Chosen so far I've enjoyed it okay alright alright that's fine I'm, I'm, I like to get the view, as many viewpoints as I can about okay. something um, because right. I mean I, I, I'll go, share buddy. with many people there, there's a break sorry okay we're, brother we're call back well, God bless you man <laughs> okay alright great call job back. as usual alright hey everybody right, we're out of here God bless another program powered by the Truth Network <laughs>